Hello and welcome to The Campaigns, the actual play podcast from the RPG Academy. I am Michael, and this is a special edition of The Campaigns, Burning the Wicker Man. This is episode three, Hit a Snag. In our previous episodes, our characters made their way onto the Chronobel, which is an Icar-powered airship in a steampunk version of the late 1800 Victorian London. We believe that a evil group known under the moniker as the Haunting Hand have a nefarious plot surrounding probably the crashing of this airship. And we have continued to investigate what's going on, which currently is a murder possibly done by a zombie in the presence of a Viscount's wife. Caleb's character Alfred was affected mentally and thought a voodoo doll had come to life and was about to possess me. I also have been affected by some madness and thought that the captain of the ship was Rufus Gladstone, who is the leader of the Haunting Hand, and I shot him in the face. Neither of those two things were true, apparently. But we have regathered ourselves, and we are about to continue our investigations, trying to find out why this young man was killed in the elevator, and what, if anything, he might have to do with this Haunting Hand plot. So once again, big thank you to Chris Matney for letting us into his DMing circle for a while. I thought he did a fantastic job on this series of episodes. I hope you guys have enjoyed them as much as I enjoyed playing them. And as before, I really hope that you'll take a moment, head over to the Kickstarter page for Codename Morningstar, uh, give it a look over and find a pledge level that you'd be comfortable with, because I really want to see this thing come to fruition. So here is the campaign, Burning the Wicker Man, episode number three, Get a Snack. Commander is Rufus Gladstone. You are so convinced that the commander is Rufus Gladstone. You have your weapon, drawing your weapon, minus two, and firing in the same round. Give me a shot at the commander. So I am going to shoot at the commander? You are. It's Rufus Gladstone. You've got to kill him right now. Okay. And and here's where we blow up the airship. Congratulations, guys. Game over. All right, so so I'm doing multiple things here. So am I am I taking the negatives for multi multi action? Yes, you get a minus two for each action. <laughs> uh, that'll be a ten then on my shoot for drawing and firing <laughs> with with an ace. <laughs> That's a hit. So you do your damage plus a die six for the uh, the ace. So I'm rolling three die six for my damage. Uh, 10 points of damage. Okay. And for that captain, or the commander, who I don't think ever got uh, attacked in this uh, adventure before, so a, uh, a, new, uh, a new party has been uh, heard from. Toughness is, um, you have wounded the commander, and he is also shaken. So he sort of staggers against the side of the elevator, Fortunately, your shot at a high enough level did not actually go awry and penetrate into the um, into the ship's hull, so nothing blows up. Um, but the commander is stunned. Doctor Perez is stunned. The people who are um, the the attendants are both stunned. Your party is stunned. You push the button and the doors close. Okay. Um, that was good. I'm hoping that he'd get stabbed after that. There's a <laughs> M- Muzak playing. So it's like, <laughs> bum, 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 <laughs> bum, 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 bum. So Ace of Clubs, that was uh, I think Roby. Yeah. So okay, you so see, he just left. 
jump into the elevator, shoot shoot the commander and push the button and the door closes. He's in there with the, the voodoo doll. The voodoo doll is going to take him down. That thing is going to possess. Maybe he already is possessed. That's why he shot the captain. Oh, my. That makes sense. What are you going to do? I will uh, I will pound. There's no steps, right? It's just the elevator. Correct. All right, then I will hit the button trying to maybe reopen the door real quick, and I will shout to my friends, Oi, we got to save Spook. He's being possessed. There's two elevators. We could have dueling elevator, a dueling elevator scene. Quit making this worse. <laughs> <laughs> you push the button a number of times and nothing happens. Uh, it does not. It does not open. You're pounding against the door. It sounds like the elevator probably has already started its descent. Uh, there is another open elevator across the way with uh, two dead bodies, a fainted woman, and a doctor, who now are all terrified. What would you like to do? I've got to save Spook, so I'm jumping the other elevator. I mean, that's the only course of action. You can at least okay. wait for others of us to jump in with you before you go down. Or are you just going to go stabity stab against Mister Shooty Pants? I. If you can catch up with me, you're welcome to help, but I'm convinced <laughs> that I have to act quickly to save my comrade. Give me a, uh, an agility roll to see whether you get the elevator closed and moving down. The doctor jumps into the, the hallway with, uh, and pulls poor woman with him, but uh, the two bodies are still in the elevator with you. Okay, I have a lot of agility. This will be fun. Oh, that's okay. That agility exploded. Let me keep going. 15 on agility. You dive, jump, push the button, and still have a time to give everybody a little farewell nod with your head as you head down the uh, head down the elevator shaft. So, um, as odd as it seems, Micah, you're standing there and both elevators are gone. The commander's been shot. One guy's gone crazy. Woman on the floor. Blood everywhere. What are you going to do? I have no other way of getting down because both elevators are gone, right? Correct. I can't, like, kick open a tube and, and jump on top of it, right? Yeah. Uh, I think I would go um, go check on the commander and see if I could uh, issue some sort of triage and uh, try to figure out why uh, Spook may have shot him for no apparent reason. <laughs> go ahead and give me a healing roll. So the healing roll is, if you've got the skill, uh, the target number is four and you, you get a minus one because the victim has a wound, and you can go ahead and give me a healing attempt. If you're successful, then you will uh, cure the wound. If you get a raise, uh, you'll cure him and uh, take away the shaken. I do not have healing, so would that be a smarts? Uh, it's a one die, four minus two. Okay. Plus my wild die, or no? Uh, you're allowed the wild die. In, okay. Actually, it's, it's a one die, four minus Three because the victim is wounded. So a total of minus three. Oh, excellent. That's that's great. Okay, so I got a. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say a zero. <laughs> what did you roll? I rolled a three, and a, a two. A three and a two. Um, you are unsuccessful at uh, sort of stopping the the bleeding, uh, but you don't seem to have done any additional damage to the commander. Well, that's good. Uh, slowly slipping into uh, into shock. Um, Dr. Perez, acting on a six of spades, immediately grabs Mrs. Dimplington and starts heading away from you towards the fore. And he looks like he is not looking back to see what was going on. His bag is still sitting there, and 
uh, he's off and running, which leaves us the good vicar. He's taking away my loot. That woman's just covered in jewelry. Gems that she may not miss after this horrifying experience. So now who has the letter and, and the uh, the dagger? The crazy one who jumped in the elevator? That's yep. Ruby? That's me. Okay. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems this party can only ace or snake eyes. We only I, have two rolls. I love how bad my situation is becoming. Uh, it's, 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 yeah, it's a little madness. What can I say? Um, Vicar, anything in particular? Uh, no, I, I have a healing skill, but I feel absolutely no particular need to heal uh, this, this human being. They may have been an innocent bystander, at which point, um, I mean, is, is, is the commander dying? Um, no, it does not look like he is dying. It looks like he's going into shock. The, uh, the attendant is clearly just standing there, unable to act. Perez was the only one who seemed to have pulled out enough to be able to take an action. And is is he going specific to a specific place with uh, Mrs. Doubtfire? Uh, <laughs> he looks like uh, he is taking Mrs. Dimplinkin towards the medical bay, which you assume is towards the fore of the ship. Hmm. I will, uh, since I I am deeply suspicious of the doctor and want my loot back desperately, I'll come up with a a, a stupid excuse to follow after him for the the um, the witnesses we have here. I'll grab up the bag and I'll say, Doctor, you forgot your bag! And uh, awkwardly and slowly, in a vicar-like manner, chase after him. And once I get around the first corner, I'll keep chasing after him. But if I'm out of eyesight, I'm also poking through the bag for any uh, spare valuables or loose change that may be added to my pocket in the process. <laughs> okay. So the, the, the ship is a long hallway. Uh, there, there's no turns, if you will. But he will eventually go into a room and you'll have time while he's in the room to look through the bag. Give me a... Um, Mm, give me a persuasion roll. And this is as you're yelling to the the uh, uh, the doctor that you're bringing the bag. Uh, that is a set on the die. Yeah, hurry, come, come. Okay, so for the next round, what's going to happen is the elevators are going to get to the bottom and open up, facing each other, of course. And uh, Spook and Roby can do what they will. Um, you each know what's going on. So the cards for initiative are Spook gets the Ace of Hearts, the Vicar gets the Nine of Hearts, Ruby gets the Seven of Spades, uh, Micah gets the Two of Clubs, and the bad guys get the, the Four of Diamonds. So, Spook, you get to the bottom, your elevator opens up, the elevator across from you opens up, you have the Doll, in one hand, and you see Roby with the dagger right across from you. What are you going to do? All right, so I'm going to pull off my hat and like smack it against my thigh, almost like I was dusting off trail dirt, and be like, Yeehaw, I got that son of a bitch. Did you see that shot? <laughs> you, you have drawn the attention of people in the car who are now going, What the is going on? Are you going to take any actions against uh, or for uh, Roby? Uh, well, my conviction was that Rufus was the dude who I've shot. Um, you shot I, Rufus, yeah. Right, I shot Rufus. I don't have any ill will towards Roby. Now, does Roby still look like he's coming to stab me? He, he looks angry. 
Uh, well, I, that's not enough for me to like shoot him or anything. So I guess I will hold my action technically okay. to see what he does. And if he tries to do something, then I might intercede. Okay. Um, so, Vicar, you're on a nine of hearts. You get to the uh, the infirmary. The uh, the doctor is taking uh, Mrs. Dimplington in and sort of binding wounds. But mostly you, you notice that he's incredibly nervous. He says, come in, come in, come in, come in. You've looked through his bag. Um, it looks just like a regular doctor's bag, nothing of any untoward nature in there. He says, lock the door so they can't get in. I think someone's gone crazy. Yes, it it appears so. Perhaps more than one person. It, it's. Uh, do, do, do you think it's it's something in the water, in the food? What 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 could this be, Doctor? Uh, I I I don't know. I don't know. It's there's certainly nothing wrong with the 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 ship and the water. No, no. I don't know what it could be. We just take we're just taking off. Are you going to allow him to radio, radio range? Can we can we call for assistance? Could we return to the tower? I mean, they're they're. Uh, you know, this 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 terror cannot spread. This well, madness would consume us all if it were, in fact, in the uh, you know the truffles. Clearly, we have to return. The captain or the the commander has been shot, so we will return. We there is no radio. We're uh, we're too far away by now. Once you leave ground, we lose radio. Radio. I'm gonna. Do you want to stay with Mrs. Dimplington, and I can go forward? And he's sort of working himself up in courage. Uh, you could easily convince him to stay if you set, if you told him you think it's dangerous, but someone has to tell the crew. Do, do I uh, get any sort of insight role to to see if he's on the up and up or if he's concealing something from me? Um, or or is that just a fact? I get the impression. No, no, you can go ahead and give me a notice roll. It's four. Do I notice anything in particular with my four? No, pretty much he appears to be. Very flustered, not sure what to do, somewhat of a coward, um, and yet wanting to do the right thing and notify the crew. Doesn't seem to be too caring about Mrs. Dimplington at this point. He's just kind of slumped her onto the bed. She's stirring around. She covers her up and tells her to sort of take it easy, and he's looking at you to kind of get guidance on what to do next. I'll, I'll, I'll tell him that, uh, well, let's see, if... If we let the crew know, the uh, enemy agents will know that there's something crazy going on that they're unaware of. But if our ultimate goal is to stop the explosion of this airship, returning to the mast would be really positive. And letting the crew know that the uh, junior officer is injured might go uh, far toward that. At the very least, I'd like to keep an eye on the doctor. I say, uh, Mrs. Dimpling Pants is, is in good hands, intentionally getting her name wrong, because as a vicar, I don't really pay attention to the names of my... Uh, patrons or, or those in my care. Mrs. Dimpling Pants is, is, is fine here. You're right. I think we should go toward the crew and notify them of this horrifying tragedy so that we can address it as soon as we're able. Together. We can go together. Yes, that's it. We'll go together. We'll leave her here. She'll be fine. I'll lock the door to make sure she's okay. And he uh, comes out of the room, locks the door, and sort of ushers you back towards the... Uh, lifts that go down to the uh, to the gondola. But at the same time, you notice he's being very careful and kind of watching in front of him to make sure that he's not moving pell-mell. He wants to make sure that the way is safe before he, uh, before he proceeds. Do I get any impression that he seems different now than when I saw him when the voodoo doll was in his bag? I got a very brief impression, so I'm... Oh, yeah, give me another roll. That's five. Yeah, he seems pretty much the same guy. I mean, he's obviously shaken... 
but it's not like you detect there's a uh, sort of a different feel to his person. He seems like the same guy. Meanwhile, on the Lido deck, to the amusement of all passengers, Roby, what are you going to do? Well, I am going to rush at Spook, uh, try to attack the Voodoo Doll directly. Okay. Uh, I'm going to guess that is a fighting role. So first, uh, Spook, you held your action. Are you going to try to intercede? Yeah, if he is coming at me with his knife out, I probably won't take the time to figure out if he's going after the doll or me. So I will try to dodge out of the way. I'm not going to attack him yet, but I will be like, what are you doing? And as I jump to the side. Okay. Uh, give me an opposed agility roll. So each of you make an agility roll and tell me uh, what your score is. I have a total of seven. I got a total of five. A seven. So um, Spook tries to jump out of the way, yell something about what what are you doing, and Roby, you get the, the first attack. Go ahead and give me a uh, fighting attack. So that's a skill. Right. And uh, your fight attack is specifically you're doing a, a cold shot, right, against the, uh, the, against the voodoo doll. So you're going to sure. be at a minus two to make the hit, but if you're successful, you actually hit only the doll and not, not the man. Okay. Uh, well, my highest here is a four, so that really only gives me a two with the penalty. Hmm. Okay. So you see Roby make a big swing with the knife. Looks like he's coming right at you with it, and it misses, and he kind of whirls around to, uh, to take another swing. Would a, a free action be allowed in there for me to shout something about the uh, the doll possessing you and me trying to save him? Sure. So uh, so I would take the swing, uh, obviously missing, and I would say, it's, it's the doll, Spook. It's possessing you. you got to drop it, mate. <laughs> All right. So am I actually possessed by it? Or, like, I've been kind of playing it like I'm somewhat not realizing I still have the doll, but is it truly affecting my mind, or could I drop it if I wanted to? No, you don't know anything about a doll. You picked it up because it was in the bag. It looked interesting, but it's just a doll. All right. Calm, calm down, Rob. There's nothing to worry about here. It's, this is just a doll. You going to drop it? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Meanwhile, we have up on the, uh, the other side, uh, Micah. The captain has sort of passed out from his wound. He's sort of going in and out of consciousness. Doesn't seem like he's going to die. What are you going to do up, up, up top? I mean, all that's left is the doctor. I mean, I'm sorry, the commander and nobody else, right? Because the dead bodies were on the elevator. The doctor, the vicar, and the lady ran down to the, the medical unit. Just, just the attendant that came up in the elevator with the, uh, with the dead guys. Jesus. Master Warden. I guess I'd ask him if he, if he knows anything about any voodoo dolls or any sort of uh, anything going on on this on this ship other than regular business. Okay. Um, give me a notice roll for Master Wharton, if you will. So this is just using uh, his notice is a die four. So a die four. He does not get a wild dice because he's not a player. I got an ace on that. Uh, a seven. 
uh, I, I, what's going on? I just, I, I don't get it. And he kind of relates to you what was happening. He said that, that he remembers the, the stockbroker coming up in the elevator and he headed aft and he had this package with him, a large black package, which is gone now. Um, and then about 10 minutes later, he, the car came up with Mrs. Dimplington and the blind man and Mrs. Dimplington headed towards the, the doctor's office and the blind man just stood there, stone silent. And then they just happened to meet back at the elevator just before yours arrived. And well, that's what happened. It's just, what's going on? This is just craziness. Now the com commander's been shot. Surely something is amiss. I, I would agree. The, um, I feel like my only ability is to punch people, but I don't think that's going <laughs> to help here. Is there no other evidence of any sort of tampering in this room that I'm in, in this hallway that I'm in? Like I don't see anything, uh, like any any residue from a wrap, a black wrap package maybe? Maybe the blind man was the package? No. No? No, you get the, the feeling the package was something that could be carried like a 18 inch by 12 inch by 6 inch black wrapped package. Mm. Um, I'm going to... Uh, I think I'm going to head down towards the vicar then because I really don't know what to do with this uh, this warden pa pa uh, gentleman. And, uh, you know. So as you're, as you're sort of standing up to look for, you see the doctor coming back with the vicar and Dr. Perez sees the, that the commander's been shot and, uh, and he immediately starts to, to go to tend to him and um, kind of ignores you, if you will. I mean, the vicar is back with you. So um, let's get another set of cards. So Spook, Jack of Diamonds, Vicar, Seven of Diamonds. Roby, you get a Joker. Micah, Micah gets an Eight of Clubs, and the, the rest of the, the crew gets a Two of Hearts. So the, the Joker gives you a plus two on all your rolls, uh, plus two to damage, and you get to go whenever you'd like. So if you'd like to start us off, you may. Otherwise, I'll move on to the Jack of Diamonds. Uh, no, absolutely. I will go first, and I will again make a called shot against the doll itself. Okay. And you get a bonus of plus two on that. Uh, all right, I've got a three as my highest. That's actually a... Well, it's still a three then, right? Because I've got a plus two and a minus two? Correct. Uh, no, I'm going to use my last Benny and re-roll. I've got to get this doll. This is... This is pretty important, yeah. Yeah. All right. Come on. Ugh. Come on, Cthulhu. Okay, so that is a five. Okay, so you're able to take the da the your dagger and pretty much plunge it through the, the doll's heart right out of the hand of Spook. Uh, Spook, are you going to try to hang on to it or let it go? Now, at this point, I think I would be startled, and I would drop the doll, uh, and I actually would draw my weapon. I wouldn't fire, but I would draw and point it at him because I'm still not sure what's going on. So you've got a doll on the end of the dagger. What are you going to do with the doll or the dagger or both? I don't have any knowledge that would specifically tell me about the occult. So... Since I'm convinced that this is one trunk that was originally I thought it might kill me, then I thought it was attacking Spook. I, I'm, I would say I, if I snagged it with the knife, I would either 
I would probably drop to my knees and repeatedly stab it, trying to cut it to pieces. Shred it. The, the doll shreds easily. Scream or bleed? Or... Doesn't, doesn't scream nor bleed nor do anything untoward. It just tears apart like you'd expect a little doll to tear apart. Do, do I feel any sense of resolution or does my mood improve when I see it destroyed? The doll is dead. The evil is gone. <sighs> Meanwhile, Spook, you're sort of standing there. You've noticed that the crowd in the, uh, the area has started to gather. You guys are right at the elevators, and you see the door to the gondola to where the uh, bridge is open up. You can see a guard back there looking sort of out, and uh, several of the passengers are now sort of pointing in your general direction. Um, what are you going to do? I will put my gun up with a flare, like I'll do the like a quick little twirl and put it away, and then I'll turn and go, that's right, folks, tonight only 8 o'clock, the improv players, get your tickets, seating will fill up fast, and then I'll pick Robbie up and get the frack out of there. You hear clapping. So uh, both uh, Spook and, and, and uh, Alfred take it, Benny. And which elevator are you going to get into? Uh, if the one that doesn't have blood all over it's available, I'll take that one. They're both blo- bloody. Uh, one has two bodies. One is empty. <laughs> we'll go with the empty one. Okay. So you guys uh, jump into the... You're uh... corpses down with the audience? <laughs> Let me figure out. It's not a joke, man. <laughs> maybe, maybe they'll just uh, think they're props. <laughs> I'll, I'll lean in and hit the button so he can meet us at the top. <laughs> okay. You hear a woman in the in the crowd exclaiming, wow, that looks so real. That was amazing. I hope the show is that good. Boy, <laughs> everything on these tours, this is just wonderful. The crew does not seem to have bought quite into the whole, oh, there's a Wild West show, but you've pushed the, the elevator buttons and you're traveling back up. Meanwhile, we have um, Mr. Micah. Yeah. You and the vicar are very close in... Cards, one's an eight of spades, and one's a seven of clubs. The doctor seems to be intent on working on the cap or the comp commander at this point. Um, you're okay. free to do what you'd like uh, up at the top of the elevator. I would like to ask the doctor, you know, start by asking some softball questions, uh, you know, how's the captain doing, something, something. And then I'll lead into, what was that doll that the crazy guy was screaming about? Oh, that was a... That was a toy that a patient gave me when I was working in Jamaica many years ago, and I use it as a pin cushion to keep my syringes clean and, and accessible. I have no idea. I, I realize it's a little odd, but it's just something fun that I like to carry with me. Can I uh, roll knowledge occult to understand that no, it's probably not just a pin cushion that is really <laughs> something creepy? Um, sure. Give me, uh, give me a. a, a Actually, also give me a persuasion roll. All right, so first knowledge of occult. That's a five, and then persuasion. Ugh, I got a five on that, too. Okay. So um, a five on the, the, your knowledge on voodoo dolls. You know that voodoo dolls are typically you know, little effigies of a spellcaster wishing to harm someone at a distance. It's... Usually you have to have a token of the victim incorporated into the doll, a lock of hair, fragment of clothing, a piece of jewelry, something like that. Um, you know that with a voodoo doll, a mage may cast a spell against a victim at range. 
and it takes quite a bit of knowledge of the occult to be able to uh, to create a voodoo doll. But you know, you're not really sure that this is a that was a voodoo doll. It might have just been a little stuffed doll. Hmm. And uh, was was I persuasive? Wasn't so much you being persuasive as someone persuading you. So the uh, the doctor has as sort of picked up the captain, and he's starting to move for to take him to the infirmary to sort of work his wounds. And he says, when the crew gets here, send them for. I'm going to be with the uh, with the commander, and we're going to uh, to get to the bottom of all of this. And he starts moving for, leaving the four of you uh, by yourself. The uh, master warden is pushing the button for the elevators to go down. It comes up. You guys get out. He gets in to go get the... Uh, the officers and is going to leave. Right, so the doctor went with the captain. The doctor took the captain uh, to the infirmary, and the uh, the last guard went down to get some crew help to this situation uh, in the uh, in the gondola. Are there any pieces of doll left in the uh, elevators when they came up, or were those oh, yeah. all on the? Most of the doll is in the elevator. Could I look through the pieces to see if I could identify any sort of human remains and or uh, pieces of clothing that don't look like they're part of the doll? Give me uh, any uh, an appropriate role, either medical or uh, investigation. I don't have those. I have knowledge mythos or just smarts. Uh, just give me a, one, a die 4 minus 2. Okay, I've exploded that. Exploded that. Okay, I'm sitting on 13. You, you all should go to Vegas. Uh, playing role-playing seems to be wasted, guys. Um, you you can, can only roll this well when he's not using roll twice. <laughs> he's never rolled this well in his entire life. Uh, it seems can only ace things or roll snake eyes. That's all we've done this session. Actually, that's fine with me. Most entertaining. If No, the doll is just a doll. You find no... Pieces of fingernail or bone or uh, anything else. No little clipped pieces of clothing. It really just looks like a child's toy. And the pins are uh, are actually syringes, or are they are they pins? They're actual actually syringes. Oh well, this guy was telling the truth. So there. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> as the door elevator door is closing, I'll be like, so we just wait here for the tour as the doors close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might have been lost on Wharton. He seems to be a little bit uh, preoccupied with other things. Um, so you guys are at the top of the, uh, the, the the elevator. You know how fast they move. So you've got a few minutes. The doctor has disappeared up the hallway. Um, you've got all the items that you found. The other elevator has opened and the bodies are there. Um, what's that going to do? Well, if we get into a into like a secure area, and I have a few minutes, I might be able to work some of my uh, magic on one of these items, uh, like the the glasses that were on the blind man, uh, and get a hunch, maybe find a connection to who who's controlling him. There may also still be a note. I mean, I never saw a note. I never saw a note be picked up. But I'm sure one of us may know something about a note and maybe be able to read the note. Hey, hey, I've got one of those. Hey. Well, the the first thing Robbie would do, I, I think, now that everyone has calmed down, he would kind of sheepishly apologize. Um, I I'm sorry, Spook. I thought I thought that thing possessed you. I was totally convinced it was something supernatural. 
Well, I still think I shot Rufus in the face, so I'm good. <laughs> Anybody and, respond to shooting Rufus in the face? You all saw the commander clearly not Ru not Rufus, not even close. Well, we all know Rufus is a master of disguise, so clearly he has changed uh, things out, and he's somewhere uh, nursing his wound. <laughs> the non-existent voodoo doll got to both of you. <laughs> yeah, can can we point out to Spook that he didn't shoot Rufus? Go go for it. Would would let's let me rephrase that. Spook, would you be would you be saying like, "Oh, I got Rufus. I'm so awesome." Blah blah blah. That kind of thing. Oh yeah, I remember the whole the whole th first thing I said to you was I was talking about how I shot him in the face. Like I'm all excited. I think mission's over. It's you know, crack up with some beers, go back to the pub and call it a day. Mate, you know that wasn't Rufus, right? The thing possessed you and you shot the commander of the bloody ship. I know you talk funny, but I don't think I'm hearing you right. You yeah, I'm afraid it's true, my son. There 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 was no Rufus in attendance. You 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 shot a man who may or may not be innocent or guilty of a number of sins, but being Rufus was not one of them. It's true. You hear the elevator starting to come back up. Clearly, the uh, the crew is about to make an entrance. What would you like to do? Maybe we best then skedaddle, since I still have a shooting iron on me that's got one bullet less, and that dude's got one bullet more. <laughs> I, I mean, there's nowhere for us to hide on this uh, airship. They, they know what all of us look like. They probably have the implication that we're together in some sense. I I don't know if 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 we... We, you know, hide and, you know, try and conduct some sort of guerrilla warfare from within the bag of hydrogen or something where they won't look for us. Or if we're just going to give ourselves up, go to the captain, try and unshoot him in the face <laughs> with a little negotiating, you know. Well, as the elevator's about to open, I'm going to toss my iron to the Padre. So at least that way, if they search me, I don't have it on me. <laughs> I yeah. stumble with it a couple of times, finally grab it. <laughs> Say, oh shit, and just run down the hall. So the, the hallway continues both fore and aft. There are actually lots of places to hide because this is a sort of thing of the, the interior of a submarine, you know, with all sorts of bulkheads and storage areas and electrical rooms. And uh, so, so what submarines have you been aboard? Those I've been on, not a lot of places to hide. Now, this is a. Victorian steampunk submarine-like airship, and there's lots of places to hide. Yeah, shush it, Master Spy. and art pieces. I like it. All right, well, I'm going to go try and, uh, I guess, hiding in the doctor's office with the commander is probably a really terrible idea. I'll go the other way. Okay. Yeah, Robbie, Robbie would jump in real quick. Lads, this is my area of expertise. We've got to scramble and hide. Let's go. Move. I'm going to follow... To whoever can find a big enough hiding spot for me. Yeah, can I can I just kind of take the lead and try to find a good hiding spot for all of us with my TV experience? Sure. So as you're heading aft away from the doctor, um, the first set of rooms you come to are a set of crew quarters. Uh, each of the rooms is pretty plain on the inside. Um, basically, a bunk or a couple of bunks and a small uh, table. Not a place much place many places to hide. But just beyond the crew quarters, uh, you come into um, a set of storage areas where there's lots of uh, cargo uh, being stored. There's an electrical room that has several generators in it. And then when you get to the sort of uh, about halfway past that, you look down and you can see that there is a 
seal the door that leads beyond beyond that. And the um, it's a large circular metal door across the hallway. It has a thick glass window, and beyond it, you can see sort of green gas, sort of mist, like a, a dense fog. And clearly, there's a uh, a wheel to open the door. This is a uh, some sort of a compressed air area. Um, so there's there that's what's beyond. You don't know if if you don't go through that, you're going to have to like hide behind the boxes in in the engine room. That sounds good to me. I don't want to go into a room full of green gas. Yeah, that doesn't sound safe. Well, that might be the icker if it's green, right? It is green. So. You, you dodge into, let's say, the electrical room, which is right by the large cargo store areas, and uh, it's a, a 10 by 20 room, so it's fairly large, and uh, it's got a door that can lock. It is not locked, but it can lock. Hmm. I believe we switch that shit uh, to locked and then hide behind boxes anyway, so that if anybody unlocks it and they say, oh, good, this is locked like it's supposed to be when we're parked, but not when we're in motion for insurance reasons and then continue on their way. Exactly. Sounds good. Okay, so you're in the room, uh, as you're in the, the electrical room, you notice that there's a large pile of white suits that have been stacked, and they're labeled by size in this room as if uh, it's used for crew to change into these white these white outfits, or kind of like uh, you know, safe suits, if you will, or clean room suits. So you're in the, the room, you, the, you do not hear the sounds of the crew immediately following you. In fact, you would notice that the, the crew went to the fore towards the doctor. If there is a clean room, something that we can sneeze on, and by doing so maybe disrupt the plan to blow up the ship on pure accident, right? I, I think that's something we should do. I'm, I'm, uh, with, with no other real options, I'm going to go ahead and strip into these clean room outfits. Okay. At least it'll make us slightly harder to identify. You now are uh, dressed in a nice white, with you know gloves that, that fit on very tightly, and uh, sort of an- uh, fasteners around the ankles to uh, to keep uh, to keep it airtight, almost like a diving outfit. So you've got some some time. What else do you want to do? Is there a second door? I mean, d- does it look like they change in here and then go into another chamber that has <laughs> diving? Nope, just the one door. All right, so I'm just going to be walking around here like a jackass in the hallways later on. All right, that's fine. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> oh, no, feel free. <laughs> I'd like to uh, ask Alfred uh, to see the knife to see if it correlates to any of my uh, multitude of zombie knowledges that I have from uh, my previous experience with the librarian yesterday. You, uh, you, you look at the knife, and it's... Uh, Curious, it has this curiously tapering triangular blade, about uh, ten inches long. It has, like I said, the, the all three cutting edges are sharp. The needle, the tip is needle sharp. Um, it is a obviously a thrusting weapon, not a, a slashing or chopping weapon. Um, and it appears to be somewhat, somewhat new. Go ahead and give me a, a, a roll for uh, knowledge on the weapon. Everybody can do it. You all, you're, I assume you're all seeing. Uh, seeing this at the same time. By the way, it weighs about two pounds. This is a, a knowledge occult roll or something? Yes, a knowledge, a knowledge uh, mythos roll. Okay. Ah, excellent. I have a five. 
I exploded and got a seven. Six. Four. Um, so you you believe that this knife is actually a throwing knife. It obviously has some sort of a mythos property to it. And uh, whoever got the seven, you know that the these types of knives, and if you look, there's a faint seam at one end, and you uh, you know that there's probably a command word that will open and close the knife. And closed, it would just look like an iron cylinder about a palm, palm's length in size, uh, but open, obviously, it's uh, what you see in front of you. Oh, uh, okay. So, all right. So it used to be a little... Okay, got it. That's how this guy snuck it on. So somebody threw this thing across into this guy's chest. No, he stabbed him with it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, three times. You mm. throw something three times. <laughs> I mean, he could. <laughs> if there's a recall spell on it. Well, they were also in an elevator tube, so I don't know that he would have thrown it. So it was a deviously inspired weapon for one specific purpose that was then used hastily for some other purpose? Yes. Alright, so let's take a look at that note and maybe we can figure out what was so urgent that they had to misfire this weapon at this dude instead of who it was probably aimed for. There was a note? My vicar says incredulously. (laughs) Yeah, Robbie will grab the note and uh, read it. The note is to... One, Horatio Cartwright, two, Church Street, Mortlake, which is a suburb, western suburb of London. It's dated 24, Sunday, 24 April 1892 and postmarked the next morning from Edinburgh, Scotland. It says, My dear son, Horatio, be assured that despite the appearance of parts of this note, I am still of sound mind and good judgment. By the time you read this, I will be dead unless someone has been very careless you will pro- unless somebody has been very careless you probably think my death an unfortunate accident i assure you that it was nothing of the kind do not waste your time with the police however as those responsible are sure to have covered their tracks well and nothing will come of any investigations instead please obey the following instructions to the letter i assure you that it is of the utmost importance that they be carried out you were always a good and faithful, dutiful son for me in life, and for the love of God, do not fail me now. First, go into the main library and look along the top shelf of the wall facing the window. On the far right, you will find a book in an unmarked black jacket. It is quite large. On no account are you even to glance at its contents. Instead, hide it somewhere safe. Do not show it to anyone. Second, You are to go as quickly as possible by train and carriage to Boscastle in Cornwall and book yourself into the Black Lion Hotel for the night. Do not use your own name in the register. Any other name will do. In the morning, rise very early, about 5 a.m., and open the package you see before you. It contains a candle and a piece of paper with writing on it. Light the candle and whisper aloud three times the verse upon the paper, then leave it once. Do not extinguish the candle, head south, out of Boscastle to Tintagel. Only three miles by road. Run if you can. In Tintagel, go to the home of Mr. Oldacre, whom I believe you met once or twice. Give him the enclosed letter. Deliver it yourself. Do not trust the post. Be quite sure to place it in his hands and no others. If he is absent when you call, try again later. 
Let him read the letter and then follow his instructions exactly. Please do these things as soon as possible and please, and further, please take great care for your safety as there are many who would wish ill upon you. I implore you once more not to disappoint me at the last. Your loving father, Elias. So normally I would share this with you via the application so you would have this letter in your possession. So clearly dad was crazy. <laughs> no, wasn't the letter on the old lady though? No, the letter. But this was a letter on the uh, the young man who was killed in the elevator. Yeah, the victim. Oh. The victim. Didn't the young man have his black case that he went down a ways with and then came back with without the big black case that may have been the book that was discussed? I don't remember. The attendant told you that uh, Horatio did indeed come up with a big black package when he came up in the elevator and when he came back to go down, it was missing. So now I need to find his big black package. Man, if I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Oh, wow. Hopefully editing is possible. So. <laughs> yeah, we, we will enhance that audio so it's very clear. <laughs> that's that's going to be our new bumper. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, uh, so go ahead, Scott. So basically we're going to try to retrace his steps and figure out where he may have uh, secured that book. Uh, excellent, excellent. So you've uh, you've got the dagger, you've got the note. One of you is wearing a white suit. What are the rest of you wearing? You're right now in your blood-stained uh, suits that you wore on board. Is there regular clothing? No, just the white suits. The white suits actually look like they fit over your clothing. So you can wear them on top of whatever you would normally be wearing. But we've never seen anyone in these on board the ship. That is correct. So we're going to look... We're, 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 you're asking us to choose between looking like we stick out like sore thumbs and looking like we stick out like differently sore thumbs. Yes, I, I love both of those options. Yeah, okay. but, but I feel like if if you were going to hide something in a place where you didn't want anyone to find it, in the place where you have to wear a giant white suit first would be a good choice. Hmm. Interesting. Good point. All right. All right. You said there was like a white or like a clear glass that let us see into the room where the compressed air is. Can we see anything? You you haven't gone up to it to uh, sort of stick your nose against it. All right. Well, I will do so thinking that perhaps the package, the large black package, is uh, inside here. Okay. So you're going to have to go back out into the main hallway. The question is, are you wearing a white suit or are you wearing your regular clothes? I believe we all don white suits if the plan is to go into the compressed air chamber to look for... Uh, packages. Agreed. White suit it is. White suit. Okay, you are uh, dressing in your the white suits and you're heading further down the uh, the uh, hallway to the aft. You can hear the sounds of the crew uh, to the fore and they seem to have returned to the elevators and are most likely beginning an investigation. You get to a large circular metal door that runs across the hallway. It has thick glass window Beyond, the walls of the hallway fall away, and only a simple metal handrail on either side of the scaffolding runs suspended in midair. From here, the exterior sides of the ship can be seen almost 100 feet away in all directions. A latticework of support struts divide the area into cells, but the impression of a bridge through the air presents a challenge for those with vertigo. There's a slight greenish haze in the air, and a slight, slight swirling of shadows can be seen, creating an eerie effect. 
And uh, you notice that there are, just beyond the door, there are two men wearing white suits. They are also wearing gas mask respirators over their faces. And they are busy tying down a crate that seems to come, have come loose from its moorings. Some, some lights on their suits provide the only illumination in the area. Otherwise, it is pitch blackness. Hmm. I believe we, we saunter forward into the darkness. I sure do. I'm overconfident enough to do so. Uh, Ro- Robbie's a little bit hesitant seeing the gas masks. He does not really want to jump in there without having one himself. Wait, don't, don't we have them? The, they came with the uh, suits, didn't they? No, you don't have any gas masks, just the suits. Do Do we see any gas masks around? Okay, give me a uh, just a quick investigation roll or notice if you don't have investigation. I've got a four for notice. I'm waiting for someone to give me like a 27 or 38 or 49. Close, I have a three. <laughs> I, well, together we have a 33. Does that count? <laughs> So we've got a four and a three. Anyone else? A five. And another three. Um, so the vicar is uh, able to find a set of gas masks in one of the storage bins that are near the electrical room. And it seems like a sort of one-size-fits-all type of uh, type of uh, apparatus. So um, you guys going to put on some gas masks? I, I will check these to make sure that they are not used gas masks, that they are new, and that their uh, filters or canisters or what have you are uh, untainted, maybe. Okay. Um, any knowledge, mechanical or uh, repair, will uh, quickly well, give you all that. All my time in, in the churches, gas chambers, and clean rooms, I think, lets me use knowledge religion, right? <laughs> Ro- Robbie has repair, actually. Hey. Repair is what you're looking for. All right. Let me roll this. Uh, four. Perfectly safe. Nothing can go wrong from here. I feel so amazingly confident. Excellent. Let me just put this gas mask on right now. As you're donning the gas mask, you can hear the crew actually approaching from aft. If you want to avoid their detection, you're going to have to move quickly to get into through the seal and into the main part of the, uh, the chamber. Let's do it. Yeah, let's hurry up. Okay. Quick like a bunny. As you uh, as you go through, so you get to the, the wheel, you wheel it open, the the door swings open, and the two men wearing suits down the hall don't seem to notice you. They're busy with their work. Um, you step in and close the door, and you're looking back through the green haze, and you can see that the crew is indeed coming down the, the, the hallway, searching each room as they pass. So it'll be a little while before they get there. Um, everybody give me a spirit roll. Who? That's a five on either die for the vicar. Six for Robbie. Fifteen for Spook. Oh, good. Um, two ones? <laughs> two ones. Lives on. Fifteens. Music, music to my ears because I, I think that you know the point of having the suit and the gas mask was probably uh, obviated when you ripped uh, the suit walking through uh, the the door and it caught on the latch. Um, of course, you didn't really notice that that happened. So all you see are 
several imps crawling over the rail and they look like they're intent on taking you down and about this point you also see a large furry bat with greenish tint flying at you with fangs bared. Thanks for attending the RPG Academy and listening to our podcast. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. This podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash the RPG Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We will use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out numerous ways. One, you can subscribe to our show on iTunes, or you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes or on Stitcher Radio. Also, if you clear your cookies and then visit Amazon or drive through RPG through our portal, we get a kickback from your orders, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like an RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com, or you can reach us on social media such as Facebook and Google+. We are there under the RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, Caleb G, at... The Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at The RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.